This is the show with Cannon Brown. And I love hearing stories of success. I mean, I get emails daily about it. And I love it when people share that with me because it, it, it makes me feel like I'm making a difference. And that's really all uh, I wish for in the world is to, to, to make a difference in, in somebody's life, which sounds so cheesy now that I say it out loud, but tr- I truly mean it. <laughs> that's going to be the cold open right there. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> that last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you? Happy Thursday. Everyone, as always, I'm your host, Cannon Brown, and this is the show with me. So, uh, happy Thursday, guys. Uh, It is August 29th, and this month absolutely flew by. I don't know about you guys, but I moved into my new apartment, started school. This month went by so fast, and if it's any indication as how the rest of the year is going to go, we'll be in 2020 by tomorrow. So, hope you guys are ready, because it's going to be fun. Um, I have a fantastic interview for you guys today, and it's probably my biased opinion, because it's one with one of my best friends in the entire world, Miss Kaylee Bontrager, and she is absolutely incredible. And when I tell you guys she's my best friend, uh, she literally is. I mean, she's she moved down here to Phoenix, not to be my friend, <laughs> but for a job and, and uh, uh, with Next Level Livestock Camps. But before that, I was on uh, the junior board when she was the director of junior activities. So she was basically my boss uh, in terms of uh, being on the junior board for two years. Um, and even though she was a boss, she was still a really good friend, guys. And, and she's got such an interesting personality and interesting interesting perspective on things that I think really drew me to her in terms of uh, wanting to just have a conversation with her. Her aspects and, and her points of view are, are so just out there in terms of um, people being involved in the industry. Uh, you don't get a lot of these perspectives that, that she has uh, with everybody. So not only is she one of my really good friends, but I knew that I had to have her on the podcast. And, and in fact, we talked about it in, a, in the interview, but when I was first trying to uh, decide if I wanted to do this podcast. I had uh, Kaylee on as like a little mock um, interview, and and it was. <laughs> I look back at it now, and it was pretty funny because we actually FaceTimed, and we're just looking at each other the whole time uh, we were interviewing, or I was interviewing her. But um, it's changed a little bit. I don't have to look at her face now when I talk to her. I would love to look at her face, and I wish we could have do, uh, done this interview in person. She's only an hour half a hour and a half away from me, but. Like I said, I've got school, she's got work, and we got to figure out a time to do it where we both have some time, but I hope you guys enjoy it. Um, Like and subscribe and and share. Facebook is awesome, guys. Facebook has been blowing up. Instagram's been uh, doing really well. Um, I've got a little treat for you guys at the end in my closing remarks. I've got some some good news about uh, the podcast and uh, some news that some of you may want to hear. It's very exciting for me, uh, and I'm very excited to add a little something new to the podcast. So uh, that's all you're going to get for now, but that's enough of me talking. Let's do it. Miss Kaylee Bontrager. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself in and keep quiet. How's it going? I'm doing well. Can you hear me all right? I can. I hear you really good. Like it's like really good? Yeah. Sound, sound quality great. is oh well. I turned on my like really good radio voice. Oh, 
Um, well, you're killing it. I made sure that I got like the best microphone for our interview because I mean, you're just the best there ever was. So, <laughs> oh, get out of here. What are you doing today? <laughs> um, well, I'm gearing up to go to a heart concert with uh Sally, aka your grandma, my so, grandmother. Yeah, we're best friends, it's not a big deal. And uh, are, are you stoked? I am so excited. I'm like Hart's number one fan. I love <laughs> female rock bands. Um, Ooh, yeah. Barracuda. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Needless to say, Sally and I are going to be uh, getting after it tonight. We're very that's, excited. That's my grandmother that you're talking about. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> didn't you, did you just go see Alice in Chains? Um. <laughs> trying to bust me out like that huh no i'm going to see alice in chains and corn this weekend on saturday so okay you're and you're not taking my grandmother to those (laughs) i am not but you know it's never too late maybe she's interested (laughs) (laughs) i i honestly wouldn't doubt it i'm interested to see the crowds that we're getting into like i can't i don't know (laughs) <laughs> the con- I've never been to a rock concert before, so I'm super stoked about it. But I just I'm not sure what I'm getting into with a Alice in Chains and Corn concert. But I'm ready for it. Well, the Alice in Chains and Corn that's going to be a diverse, <laughs> a, a very diverse audience. I think the Heart it concert is. you're going to see a lot of you my- and my grandma's age people. <laughs> I agree. Oh, I'm so excited. My heart's racing thinking about it. As soon as I'm done with this podcast, Sally will be here and we're hitting the town. Oh my gosh. <laughs> that sounds like an incredible time. I know. I wish you could be here with us. Well, other than that, uh, um, what else are you doing? Have you been working on any cool things for Next Level today? or? Yeah, I'm just finishing up. Um, I just ordered 50 incentive program banners, so... That's what I was doing that I had to stall because I had to approve some artwork real quick. But other than that, I've been really focusing on uh, what I need to do to get all of the flashcards finalized and created and all that fun stuff. And we have a crazy fall schedule coming up. Um, We have a camp next weekend. But after that, we have National FFA Convention, which we have some really um, innovative, fun ideas. Of course, that's Jeff's style is coming up with something new and unique so we have some really fun things uh that we're going to be doing in indianapolis at the end of october and then we have four camps pretty much back to back with a break for thanksgiving and then it's christmas time well we can um that sounds like excruciatingly (laughs) painful honestly (laughs) no i love it i i like the idea of being that busy it keeps me moving forward to the next thing and yeah, you'll it. you'll certainly be busy, but we'll talk about next level later. I, I, okay, we gotta, okay, we gotta start with we gotta start with you, and I led you <laughs> on a next level talk, so I mean you can blame me. You don't have to apologize, but yeah, this, oh, I'm not apologizing this is about this is about you, Miss Bontrager, <laughs> from Napanee, Indiana. Yeah. Um, tell me tell me about your childhood. Let's 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 get to know you as an yeah. individual. Well. Uh, seemingly not too exciting to me, but I am a third generation showman. Um, I grew up showing pigs and cattle, started showing pigs when I was about three years old and, you know, showed till I aged out. 
um, super involved with 4-H. But before we did all that, I grew up <laughs> going to a lot of monster truck rallies and truck shows and things of that nature because my dad uh, is a 4 by 4 mechanic, and that's where his passion lied. And then as soon as my brother, who's two years older than me, Kyle, um, was able to be 4-H age, we pretty much put trucks on the back burner and went full show mode, um, traveling to as many national shows as we could. Um, just really loving it. I only showed uh, swine, or not swine, definitely showed those everywhere, but sheep and cattle at my county fair and just really was a huge part of the swine industry. I ended up serving um, on the Team Purebred Junior Nationals, their junior board, um, for three years, served as the vice president, and then I basically went straight to the National Swine Registry. And all the while, I mean, you guys were so diverse in showing and stuff like that, and your family was so diverse in their interests. And you were, I mean, I remember talking to you about all your extracurriculars that you were doing at the time. <laughs> yeah, it's funny you bring that up because um, uh, one of my good friends out here in Arizona, uh, we hang out every Tuesday night for True, True Crime Tuesday. Hmm really into it um but her parents just uh sent her her old yearbooks and so we've been comparing yearbooks and it's funny we were looking through mine and looking at the table of contents and I'm on like 14 pages and I was like yeah I kind of went overboard in my involvement level that's that, for sure that was just a flex to say that like yeah, yeah I'm very I was, popular I was very popular <laughs> Anybody that's listening to this that went to my high school, they all know that that's not true. But, you know, <laughs> we can live the lie on the podcast. I, I think 99% um, of the people that are listening to this didn't go to high school with you. So You're right. But shout out to Ben Etzinger. Hopefully he'll probably listen to it. He's probably the only one. <laughs> if Ben doesn't listen to it, oh, my, oh, heart's, my heart's hurt. Yeah, he's in Brazil living it up. He oh. um, has been at a bunch of ag conferences down there and doing a bunch of tours so he flies home today actually that sounds like an incredible journey yeah I'm i would love jealous. to do that <laughs> <laughs> right he's been there for two weeks i was like can i live through you <laughs> Is, i wonder if there's any um people that need to get interviewed in brazil uh probably you, want, um, you can co-host with me yeah we'll see what we can come up with he he's he's makes friends all the time so i'm sure we got someone oh yeah I, i'm <laughs> positive so we want to talk about somebody that's popular then <laughs> um tell me about the extracurriculars that you were part of because i mean and you don't have to tell me every single one but i want to especially talk about sports and weren't you in student council as well yeah um student council as much as i could be i suppose but i really threw down and <laughs> basketball which in hindsight it's so funny because I don't think that I was as good as it at it as everybody led me to believe but I was just tall with that farm girl strength so I guess that can only get you so so far but basically started playing basketball in second grade until uh, my senior year but basketball took up a ton of my time and when it wasn't basketball season I was training for that and we showed it a handful of winter swine shows, so that is so much more time-consuming. Those of you that don't live in the Midwest, uh, I'm so sorry that, that you have to show livestock on top of your school year because I can't even imagine yeah, uh, how how difficult that could be. It was a little rough, but I mean, yeah. and I guess I was going to ask you, how did you juggle it? But 
there was no juggling. Yeah. I mean, honestly, I played maybe a few years when I was in high school. I played a summer league for basketball, but that was like twice a week on night at night. And so it was so easy to plan around. So easy. Yeah, that makes it pretty convenient. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. But in the summers, you were pretty busy going to jackpot shows and stuff. Yeah, they started um, before we were done with school. So um, I was a big part of uh, the IJSC, the Indiana Junior Swine Circuit. Uh, When it first started, I was on a junior board for it, which in, again, in hindsight, I did not do very much for that. So sorry for all the adults that were responsible for me. (laughs) Um, But... Uh, we showed every weekend. We really tra- chased a lot of points, really got after it every every weekend. And then um, the years that we could, uh, we went to Expo. And then we always showed uh, at Team Purebred Junior Nationals as well as the NGSA Junior Nationals, which a lot of you in the Midwest do. And props to you because they are back-to-back week-long events. And that is time-consuming and expensive and honestly the greatest part of my summer every year was hanging out at those shows yeah that um i never got to experience that kind of turnover yeah uh, especially with those two shows but i remember just going to summer (laughs) spectacular and seeing i mean everybody's coming in really hot yeah but they're also you can tell they've they're a little tired from from the past (laughs) trips yeah you're just like trying to ride out uh, building on how exhausted you are for two weeks so that you can finally maybe crash if you're lucky uh, when you get home, which, sorry, adults, you weren't that lucky, <laughs> but kids, we were living it up. Now, uh, when you get done with showing livestock and, and you get done with high school, you always knew you were going to go, go to Purdue. I, yeah. I, but you, you said, you, you told me that um, you wanted to go out of state. You, yes, had, like, I, you had an inkling to go out of state. Yeah, I I don't know what really triggered it. I had some friends uh, that were older that my grandpa had helped uh, when they were younger showing that went to Oklahoma state and they loved it. And so they'd talk about it every time they could around me. And I looked into like Auburn university cause my family lives down there right outside Auburn um, and still do. And then I just applied to all these other schools, but my mom <laughs> basically she was like, locked me in my room. Sorry, mom, if you're listening to this and you don't remember the story the same way. But what I remember is you basically locked me in my room and told, told me not to come out until I had made a decision because per usual, I had waited a little longer than I was supposed to. And mm-hmm. I had to make a quick decision, but I wouldn't change my choice to go to Purdue even a little bit it's I loved it tell me about the experience I I, I want to know every single detail <laughs> oh every detail yeah just take me through your freshman year and then take me through your sophomore year and then junior oh, and senior. okay well I thought uh going into my freshman year wowza did I think that I was gonna just be a salesman I mean truly <laughs> was like oh all these feed companies I love our feed reps that's exactly what I want to do so I went into Purdue uh, in August of 2009, uh, quick sidebar, I was also the Indiana spot queen that year. So I had to go back and forth from Purdue to the open show at Indiana state fair. So I could do my queenly duties. You had to wear the crown and the sash. I sure did. Did you rock it? 
I obviously did. I still have them at home. I'll show you. (laughs) (laughs) Please do. I will. Um, But started off ag business management. Really liked it. Got involved with block and bridle right away. Made a bunch of friends through that. But the biggest decision I made is my senior year of high school, I actually rushed and lived in cooperative housing at Purdue, which is a part of the Greek life. Um, but they're struck, the houses are structured a little differently. There's seven girl houses and five guy houses. And I lived in Antwedel. And wowza, did I love it. I lived with about 36 girls and very few of them <laughs> had grown up the same way as me. So right away, I started making friends that I could uh, see and learn and understand uh, different life experiences that uh, they had. And I really loved that. I mean, I, I rushed at not knowing anybody in the house was like, I laughed so hard the whole time I was there. That's so important to me. I could care less what uh, the majors of these girls are. So lived in there all four years, absolutely loved it. Um, and my best friends came out of that house at And so I'm still friends with a lot of those people today and they live all over the country. But basically moving on from there, my sophomore year of college, Ben Etzinger and I were discussing what our lives were going to (laughs) be, which we had done a lot. And I we had decided that we were going to be ag teachers. So I transferred in ag education. Ben did not. He left me hanging, which is totally fine. I accept it now. Imagine Ben as a teacher. I would I, I would love it. I'd go back to high school. I'd, I'd get a fake uh, birth certificate for oh, sure. Oh, that's not weird. But anyway, um, <laughs> so I was a double major for a while and I was like, why? So I was ag business management and ag education. And then I just dropped it to ag ed and then uh, joined some clubs associated with that and absolutely love student teaching. Um I have a handful of students that will probably listen to this because we're friends forever. Shout out to Will Taylor and the Bush sisters. Love them the most. (laughs) He's going to love that I just said his name in this. So um, just had a really, yeah, Will for sure. I hope he listens. (laughs) I'm sure he will. (laughs) I uh, just had a great time uh, getting to know some of the kids and, And unfortunately, it's worked out when I graduated from Purdue, I didn't have a job, which is nervous because for those of you that aren't teachers, most of you went to career fairs in October and had an idea of what you're going to do before Christmas after you graduated. And that's just not the life I was living. I was a nervous wreck um, because they don't start hiring for teachers until June or July sometimes after the school year is out and make moves from there. So I had a bunch of interviews lined up to be an ag teacher when I graduated. And I had just moved home um, when I got an interview with the National Swine Registry. So basically every day during student teaching, I was checking the uh, National Swine Registry's website, seeing if they had posted an open position for a junior events coordinator. And as soon as it did, I applied right away, got interviewed, had a great time. And then I got hired. And my very first day on the job was the Monday at uh, the National Junior Summer Spectacular in Louisville, Kentucky in 2013. So and the rest is history. (laughs) Pretty quick turnaround there. I literally went from uh, being the vice president of the Team Purebred Junior Board. I retired on Friday night. I drove to Kentucky with a good friend of mine, Samantha Ballman, who lives there. 
And on Monday morning, I walked into Louisville as an NSR employee. So that's, that's a, uh, I mean, that's a wild story. I'll, <laughs> I just can't believe that. I mean, the fact that you were kind of just looking into, um, teaching jobs and then, Hey, you know what? NSR just opened up. Let's, let's, let me get off the team purebred board trade. Yeah. Obviously. I, oh gosh. I'm just kidding. You know how many people said that to me at world pork expo? Cause they had announced that I had taken the job at oh, before yeah. world pork expo and People had feelings about it, let me tell you. I wanted to talk to you about the uh, cooperative house really quick, though. Yeah. Because uh, you kind of said it uh, earlier, but a lot of those girls didn't have your major, and it was kind of – it was it was some people that you probably haven't hung out with, some demographics that you probably haven't hung out with. How, for sure. <laughs> how kind of important was that for you growing, like, in college as a person? So much. My <laughs> freshman year uh, completely changed the way that I look at the world. My roommate, uh, Colleen, she like claims all the time that she changed my life uh, being a smart aleck like she usually is, but she's right. Um, she grew up outside of Chicago, uh, up in the region of Indiana, and just grew up in a way different style than I did and I she taught me so much about how to be a better person and to be considerate for to people um she really taught me a lot and it only grew I made a bunch of friends that grew up in the city and grew up just in town or still grew up on farms but were that were very different from my own and it shaped me <laughs> so much I think that if I could go back to high school Kaylee and tell her anything it's to be more kind be cool and be kind treat everybody the way you want to be treated I know that's our golden rule but how many of us truly live by that I think we place a lot of judgment on folks and people that didn't grow up the same way as us we don't necessarily know how to to take those differences and appreciate and value them and that's what living with all those girls did was wow, do I have respect for so many people in my life just that face different challenges and lived much different lives than I did. Yeah, and I'm I'm going to go out on a limb and say that <laughs> a lot of people in our industry kind of do that. I mean, they make yeah. uh, kind of just firsthand judgments and, and don't really kind of go out of their way. We're kind of just set in our ways. Yeah, no, and that's, you know, we could say that's an industry thing, but that is a world thing. I mean, yeah, things it's that culturally. are different. Yeah, things that... Uh, just to strike us and make us uncomfortable at first thought. Our first reaction uh, is to get defensive and maybe not treat people with the respect that they deserve. So uh, that was a huge learning point for me. Wow, was I <laughs> a jerk to people? And I know it. And in hindsight, I have a lot of regrets uh, about the way that I had treated people before, uh, maybe not considering their feelings uh, and how they and their thoughts on topic matters. So, yeah, I hope that I'm better at that now. I like to think so, but well, I mean, you kind of, you kind of went into Purdue pretty uh conservative. pretty con pretty conservative. <laughs> I'm glad that you said that because I was going to bring mm. this up anyway. I mean, you went into Purdue pretty right-wing conservative and came out um <laughs> pretty pretty far to the left. Well, let's Not too I, far, not too far. Right. I think more than anything I went in sheltered, uh, having an idea of what life was and 
uh, the steps I needed to take to have the life that I thought I wanted. And basically, I learned through my time at Purdue that there's so many ways that we can choose to live our life. And my biggest, uh, strongest force in my life is when I'm making decisions is, is this going to make me happy? And am I willing to work towards it? Yes. But do I have, what can I do for others to help them along the way too? Exactly. I don't know. I'm not sure if that makes as much sense as I would like it to, but basically I want to lift people up while I'm lifting myself up. I'm not doing it all for me. You want to be like the least selfish that you can be. Yeah. And because I feel like I was so selfish for so long that I got (laughs) to, I got to fight harder to be better than that. You know what sucks is like, it's, it's so divided right now that if you think about others, or yeah. you just, or you think about other people than yourself. It's you're like labeled, uh, like a Democrat, or like you're yeah. labeled like to be on the left. Like, but if you're firm and and you don't care what other people think and blah blah blah, and you're considered a right wing. But I mean, they're it's so blurred. I I, don't I know. think that life is so much bigger than political parties. Exactly. Um, I think that. I, yes, <laughs> I mean, we can get we can get into politics. We, yeah, we don't need like it. To. We don't need to get don't into think it. We need to dive into it because I think that the biggest takeaway that whenever I'm dealing with people is, am I being kind? Am I considering the, their requests? And uh, how can I work with them to make things happen for them? I'm not going to shoot somebody down unless they're rude i hate when people are rude or belittle me all i want to be is treated as an equal uh to be treated with the respect that i deserve and to be treated with kindness and that maybe that's asking for a lot (laughs) but two or three i'll take yeah and i think i mean you live your life like that so i I always grew up with the saying good things happen to good people what goes around comes around well i think when you grow up showing livestock um or in the ag sector at all you're you're taught to have great manners i mean in my experience i try to be as kind to people as possible but even if i don't agree with people i still treat them with respect and have manners i can say you know we can agree to disagree on that and believe me i've said that a million times in my life uh, especially here as of late but agree to disagree it's not that hard of a concept to to grasp. Yeah, I don't think. Yeah, we all have opinions. It's just, yeah, and we don't need to talk about it too much. <laughs> I mean, there's just like there's so much that we can talk about, and it's like it's pretty controversial. All of it. Yeah, it's and it's so hard. I it's I so truly hard. and my biggest thing is one. I don't ever want to be. I don't need to. I don't ever put my personal uh, views out there, definitely not on social media, because the people that deserve uh, to know my thoughts on the world are people that I'd be willing to have a face-to-face conversation with. Bingo. So uh, my biggest thing is I don't want people to judge me on my personal views, and I think that that's something that could definitely happen uh, in life. It will happen, I'm sure of it, and it probably has. I just pay no mind to it, but... Yeah, I'm. It's so easy for me to look past that, (laughs) 
and to look past people not agreeing with me because if everybody agreed with me all the time, life would be dull. Yeah, it it definitely would be. <laughs> it's kind of funny. I like mean, you, I wouldn't be mad about it, but yeah. uh <laughs> It's funny. It sound like the way that you talk about like kind of uh being influenced by your sisters or or were they your sisters in the cooperative they, house? Yeah, they were my sisters. So, kind of being influenced by them, it's almost like you went to like a not not Purdue. <laughs> like a <laughs> uh, like a state school. I don't I don't Right. A city school. I mean, you, you, you think of Purdue and other people think of Purdue as like, <laughs> oh, boiler, boiler up. Yeah. Uh, Drew no. Brees. I don't know. <laughs> we do stake our claim to Drew Brees very heavily. It's the only we thing. love him. And, yeah. And hey. uh, oh, what's his name? The exactly. astronaut. <laughs> oh, Neil Armstrong. Neil Armstrong. Wow, we're jerks. <laughs> was it him or was it the other one that went to? No, uh, it's him. Okay. <sighs> We're wow. the worst. Yeah, we need to learn, <laughs> learn history a little bit better. Dude, I went there. I should be better, but it's all right. Um, Have you, you – you've got Hulu, don't you? <laughs> Absolutely. Have you seen that new show, Genius? Yes. Oh, my gosh. I love it. The, I, I only have watched Einstein. I haven't watched Picasso. I haven't watched Picasso either. I'm, I'm Dude, on Einstein but, right now. But, like, when you're watching it, I guess my biggest thing is I love history <laughs> so much. Yes. But I – forget the order that things happened in life and so when i think of einstein i definitely didn't have the right time period where did you think brain. einstein was like i was thinking he was like late mid to late 1800s oh. but he, he died in like 1960 something yeah he went through like everything. he went through some stuff he went through <laughs> Like World War One, World War Two, like yeah, some bad stuff. Yes, and yeah, I mean that show. Ten out of ten recommend to anybody that has an interest in history because it was just so fun and yeah. That love show it. and then um, Drunk History is oh, a guaranteed <laughs> I laugh. Am, I am waiting for the next season, so I check literally every week for them <laughs> to add it on Hulu because I've watched every other episode so many times that it's so funny. Yes. <laughs> I uh, I love excellent history so seg- much. Excellent segue to television and history because you knew that I was gonna love all of those things. So I knew much. you. I like I. We hadn't even <laughs> talked about it before, but I was like, I know Kaylee's seen this yes. show. Like genius. That's a, such through, a good one. Yeah, and I'm halfway through Picasso, and same with him. Like I just don't. I need to. I need a podcast. What I'm looking for here. Anybody that's listening, <laughs> is a podcast that starts. At the very beginning and just lays out life for me. All of century history. Century by century. That sounds yeah. like a long <laughs> podcast. It sounds super excessive. I mean, I there is a podcast out right now. It's called Hardcore History. I, every I, <laughs> every what? episode's like six hours long. I was just about to tell I was literally <laughs> just about to say that I'm Dude, like, you need to listen to I Dan Carlin's it. Hardcore History. Yes. I've listened to like six episodes already and you're right there is like there's an like three or four episodes that are six hours long yes and i was like man that's intimidating but i'm here i will support it it but it's so good it's so in depth and he talks about like world war one i didn't know like what happened during world war one like what the intricacies were it was messed up and i just feel like I wish I would have paid more attention in history classes my entire life because I was a I was a good student, don't get me wrong, but I feel like I just let that information go in one ear and out the other. 
And I'm like, man, if I could go back now, I would pay so much more attention <laughs> when I'm taught about history because now I'm like, oh, I wish I, I just have some regrets about it, you know? Well, I don't even think that like high school history, I mean, what do they teach you? I mean, they teach Dude. you like just America's stuff. Right. Well, I mean, and, about, like, and and that's important. I mean, but we've only been around for like 250 years. Yeah, not that long. But you're, uh, I don't know, man. I had the greatest high school history t- teacher ever. His name was Mr. Whetstone. And honestly, um, he's the reason that I became a teacher in the first place. He was my AP history teacher. And he was the best. He was so funny. And uh, yeah, when I changed to education, I thought, if I could be half the teacher Mr. Whetstone is, I'm going to, I'll be happy. How did he get you like motivated? Like, what, he what was stuff did he so do? funny. <laughs> Humor goes such a long way with me. Yeah. I love to laugh. It is truly my favorite thing to do. And so anybody that can uh, crack jokes and we did a lot of like fun projects, like we had to make a radio broadcast and I mean, honestly, we had to write a lot of papers and I do love to write. (laughs) So, and we did, and it was just fun. He really challenged us and I had a great time in there. Uh, What other uh, subjects did you like in high school? I loved, (laughs) okay, wait, no, I want you to guess what I'm going to say next. Okay. Like a subject that you liked? Yes. Home ec. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) I hate you. And you know that. <laughs> um, I'm gonna say art. Ooh, okay. I did love my ceramics class, but geography. Oh gosh. <laughs> I, yeah, I feel. I felt like you were gonna guess that because I love the world. Well, I think I, ge- I thought geography was kind of tied into the history class. It's oh, like history so and geography. You're just roping it. It, it kind of is, but they're not the same. They like aren't knowing the same. where everything is. They're under, they were in the same hallway in my high school. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they were in the history hallway. I love geography. You know the only game I have on my phone is... Uh, uh, <laughs> I hate that I'm admitting this. I have two games on my phone, actually. One is a New York Times crossword. And the other... <laughs> and the other is a math game where you place the outlines of countries where they belong on a map. So I'm just always learning where everything is. I mean, it's just so crazy. I just what, want to know where all the countries are. What's the, the name world. of that app? Uh, I think it, I'm going to look right now. Yeah, check that out because I want to – I kind of want to download it's it. It's just called World. Oh, okay. I'll send you a picture of it. Oh, and I lied. I have one more game, and it's Heads Up, which is the greatest game ever. It's it's decent. Oh, you have not played with the Bond Triggers because we (laughs) love it. I have some videos. That's my favorite part is one, you're playing it. It's recording the people giving you the clues. Yeah. And so we're just all trying to scream over one another while we're playing. And it's the best. We love it. Okay. So (laughs) do you know, um, do you know that game uh, where it's like you have to write down every state within five minutes? Oh, yeah. They play. I think they played it on Friends. That's where I first like saw it. Oh man! It sounds like easy. You're like, oh, no, it I would like, never. Oh, 50, 50 states, five minutes. You're fine. And then you get down to the bottom and you're missing like three, <laughs> and there's no other states that are coming to mind. You're like, and then you forgot like, oh, Delaware's a state still. Yeah, I mean, it's, dude. I think naming the states would be harder than you think, unless 
shout out to Clancy Anderson. You're like Clancy, and I, uh, she knows the state song, so she could probably oh. name them all. And we never learned it. I never learned so, it either. I'm got, mad we about got gypped. it. We did get gypped. I mean, it's never too late. Um, we can have that be a friendship challenge the next time we see each other. <laughs> Just listen to it on repeat. <laughs> Yeah, next time I um next time I drive to Phoenix, we'll uh, I'll just have to like have it on repeat the whole drive. Yes. But I'll let you know when I start leaving so that you can just like memorize it. Excellent. Yeah. And then I we mean... can just we can just sing it together. <laughs> the funny thing I is guys is, is Kaylee <laughs> this... and I literally like live an hour and a half away and it would be it would probably be easy to just meet up and and do this thing. <laughs> but the fact that like I have school and and you have work. I mean, you work, but like, right. But I mean, like, like, everybody can mind their own business. If they're going to judge us <laughs> for not, we are busy people. Judge us. Yeah, we live full lives. <laughs> All right, I guess we should get back to your story now. I mean, I guess, but I love history. Oh, can I recommend one more podcast? Do it. <laughs> so I am super into this. The podcast. show with Cannon Brown. The show with Cannon Brown. Yes, everybody. No, um, it's called My Favorite Murder. Have you listened to it? I haven't. Merritt suggested it to me like a year and a half ago. Merritt O'Connor, shout out. Shout out. Anyway, so he like told me about it a long time ago. And I kind of brushed it off because I used to not listen to podcasts that much. And I was really weird about them. Anyway, that's nothing important. <laughs> Anyway, I'm a terrible listener, and so if I, it's hard for me to get into them. And I just started listening to this one, and it's just these two women from Southern California talking about murder cases, mm. <laughs> which is nuts and probably sounds crazy. But if you're into true crime at all, 10 out of 10 recommend. And they're so funny. I'm laughing the whole time. Like, Oh, you're laughing it's, like, it's, yes. like it's comical. Like they are funny. Okay. Not necessarily when they're talking about the murderers, but leading up to, and I mean, it's, they're the best. 10 out of 10 recommend. This just in, Kaylee Bontrager laughs at murder stories. I know. Ugh, nervous. I do not because I, <laughs> may, maybe I do because I live alone and I'm constantly in fear of being kidnapped that and happens. murdered. Yeah, cool. Yeah, that's, I can't listen to it after dark. I'll tell you that much. I've got one that I've got one that like freaked me out down to the oh. core, and it's called "To Live and Die in L.A." Oh, oh, okay. I highly recommend. Okay, like the journalism on it and just the host is awesome. Oh, and you and at cool. the end you're just like, what happened? It, it's like one of those stories where you're just like, this is this is met like the, how can this happen? Yeah, it's well, weird. Cool. I love it, living it up. I go in weird spurts of obsession. Like right now, I can't read. I'm not watching TV. All I want to do is listen to podcasts in my spare time. And that'll fade out. And then all of a sudden, I can't stop reading. <laughs> and I read all the time. Or a new TV show comes out, and I can't stop watching TV. I mean, I got an addictive personality, folks. That's you, all. You want to give us the number of pages that you read over the summer? No, I don't. Please? Because I don't know anymore. Because I lost track. Give me um, like a rough estimate. Prob Let me, can I, I'm going to use my calculator. For yeah, those of good. you that have been to a next level camp, I state 
very clearly that I am so bad at math. <laughs> She's really um, bad at arithmetic, but it's okay. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are bad at math, including um, me. So right around 10,000 pages. <laughs> right around 10,000 pages. <laughs> I've been in a reading challenge. Oh my so gosh. I have, and I'm a competitive person, so... It fizzled out a little bit at the end, but for a while there, I was reading like four to five books a week, and it was a lot. So now I'm down to my normal one to two books. <laughs> one to two books like a week? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> you're you're wild. <laughs> I love to learn. I think I, if that could be any, if anybody's listening and you're like, this girl's nuts, that's true, one. But two, I think the biggest takeaway is... I cannot learn enough. I just want to read and learn as much as I possibly can. I've read more nonfiction books this summer than I ever have, and it's been the best. I was just about to ask you because, I mean, it looks to me that you're only reading fiction books. Oh, no, no. I read miscellaneous. I have been – I read some really nuts books. I'm not going to drop any names because I don't need to (laughs) – I don't need to, like, put more – focus on the fact that I we read weird things but I also like I've just been reading about um like the the Romanov family oh, yeah. in the early 1900s can't get enough of Russian history I am so super interested by it um but yeah just been reading a lot of miscellaneous stuff <laughs> you know, uh we're going to talk about history for a little bit more is that cool <laughs> Yeah, I obviously. Because <laughs> I heard I heard a little bit about the Romanov family in that uh, hardcore history podcast that I listened Ooh, to. Nice. And okay. I thought that Rasputin had a lot more to do with the Romanov dynasty ending. Well, I think he that, didn't. Okay. So here's my thing. So I've been also listening to this podcast called Noble Blood. Yeah, it's, I I think I recommended <laughs> that one to you. Well, you may have, and if you did, thank you so much. You're welcome. Um, but I've been listening to it, and there's only like five episodes, and they're about 25, 30 minutes long, and they're just quick looks into like Marie Antoinette's life, mm-hmm. uh, King Charles, uh, this fake baron, blah, blah, blah. And then the next episode is about uh, Anastasia and the Romanov family. And I guess I always forget how connected all the royal families of Europe are because. Nicholas the Bloody, the last czar of uh, <laughs> Russia, was mm-hmm. first cousins with King George of yeah. uh, London, and they thought they were basically twins. And then Nicholas of Russia married his other first cousin of Germany, and she's the one that caused all the issues with Rasputin, basically. Yeah, but... basically. Well, it's because Rasputin was, like, healing their son. Well, or, like, have you... healing in quotation marks. Yeah. Alexi had hemophilia. I'm sorry, yeah. you can't heal that. But uh, but he would take away the pain or something. Right. It was it was it was kind of a weird story. There's actually a new TV show on Netflix called The Last Stars. And yeah, it's decent. Watch it. It's I, decent. I know. I was being very critical of the reenactments mm-hmm. slash dramatizations. <laughs> I'm very critical, but it seemed a little. I out liked there. it. I think that. Do you think so? Because I don't think that Netflix is making a TV show that's not pretty streamlined in facts. You're right. So I don't think it's out there in terms of facts. I just I was like, I I didn't really like the way that they shot it. 
honestly. Yeah. And I, and- I, I'm not even, I don't know anything about like directing or anything like that, <laughs> but like it just, it wasn't like aesthetically pleasing to me. Yeah. And it was like such a weird mix of like experts on the topic and then dramatizations yeah. with overacting, which Netflix has done that with uh, the Roman Empire too. Exactly. And I didn't end up finishing that one, but I'm so obsessed with Russia, I definitely will finish The Last Stars. <laughs> you better be careful when you're saying that you're obsessed with Russia. No. There's talks of collusion. Oh. <laughs> of course. Of course you got to say something dumb like that. But I just am intrigued because I don't think we're taught anything about Russia growing up. And there's so much history there. That I think that we're not taught enough about Europe's history, which now, I mean, who probably wants to learn that as a kid anyway, but, you know, I just want to know. I completely understand. (laughs) That's why I listen to a six-hour podcast sometimes. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, let's get back to you. So... (laughs) Ugh. Let's talk about Sorry, your yeah. life again. Sorry, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about the let's talk about working for the NSR. <clears throat> okay. Because that had to be an experience. It you, was the best. You were in charge of the junior board of directors, junior <clears throat> activities. That's a lot, a lot of stuff on your plate. Just walk me through kind of how, how you managed everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's an excellent question. Nailed it. Thank you. Um, at first it felt <laughs> well I'm trying to think because at first it felt overwhelming because I think the biggest transition of graduating college and having a full-time job is I was getting overwhelmed with things that I needed to do uh because I was like how am I going to do this on top of all my schoolwork <laughs> and then I'm like oh wait I'm an adult now I have time to <laughs> handle <laughs> all my time uh time management is huge and I joked earlier about procrastinating and honestly I try not to do that ever there are just some things that can wait that others can't but time management organization I love to organize things it's like my greatest quality is how how much I love to organize. And so um, coming out of college, going to Louisville right away, I'd spent so much time there showing. I had shown at every summer spectacular since the beginning. And I had shown at every Team Purebred Junior National since it started, as well as two CPS shows without Berkshire's. Uh, for two years prior to that in Lebanon, Indiana. So these shows that uh, I was starting with, or especially Summer Spectacular, were shows that I had grown up at, and I obviously did not understand the extent to the planning, uh, but being thrown into having to be a part of the show right away, I, I knew what was going on with where I needed to be and how important the educational contests that I was in charge of were. So really loved being thrown into that. But (laughs) honestly, I was just there as a third person. Uh, The director and coordinators were both still there. I was just learning so I could take the ropes and be ready uh, for next year, which between that following year, um, Tori Schwartz and I went to a bunch of regional shows, traveled together a lot. Uh, Tori Schwartz is my favorite. Absolutely love her. Um, And then she (laughs) took a different job 
uh, right before the National Youth Leadership Conference and in turn a month and a half before World Pork Expo. So pretty much my very first year at World Pork Expo as a staff member, I was in charge of all of the planning. Um, so that was quite an awakening. That's, I uh, bet that was a lot. Well, I mean, and kind my, of just getting thrown into it. Yeah. It, and Tori, I don't want to say she didn't leave me ill prepared at all. I kind of knew what was coming. And so, uh, we had done a bunch of anything that we could have done ahead of time. We did. So we ordered awards in January and February, uh, got things printed, make sure we had all of our ribbons that we needed. I mean, honestly, and I love planning Expo Louisville. And I think the biggest thing, uh, with those shows was preparing ahead of time as much as you can. That last week leading up to those shows, there were days I had nothing to do in the office. Or I had not too much to do in the office because I had planned so well ahead of time. So I don't like to leave things uh, to be stressed over at the last minute. So everything that could be done ahead of time was done. And I love, that's how I try to do with <laughs> next level now. So it just manages my stress. And uh, I, I, I want to hear the aspect of just wrangling 12 kids a year as well, the junior well, board. Yeah. Oh, man, I could cry thinking about the junior board. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> it was my favorite part of my job. Oh, man, don't really cry. How embarrassing would that be? Okay, I got this. <laughs> Are I... you about to cry right now? <laughs> you know that I am constantly on the verge of tears, so I don't really want to hear it. It's okay to be emotional. I truly... Uh, my first year, I had the best junior board ever. Actually, I have an 8x10 framed photo of them uh, on my wall here in Arizona. I've moved it with me. I've moved like six times since then, and it's always hung up. And it's we're all being nuts at this, uh, at our friend, well, one of the junior board members, Dusty Compart's house in Minnesota. And his aunts were taking the photo and we all just have these cheesy smiles on our faces. <laughs> and That's it was just, pick. oh, it's the best. I love it. I loved every one of them. And I loved working with the junior board because I had served on the junior board myself, obviously for Team Purebred, but I knew uh, what to expect and what might be too much. And my biggest thing is I loved teaching so much and working in education. I think that it's so easy. And I saw it when I was student teaching, it's so easy for teachers to group everybody together and treat everybody or expect the exact same out of everybody. And I just, I truly don't think that that's how I will, I will never treat young adults that way because I want people to succeed and to push them outside of their comfort zone. So I like to get to know kids and know what they're capable of and know that, yes, sometimes making sponsor calls is going to be really stressful, but having to make those myself, it taught me to be more confident on the phone. So I, I tried to give, um, uh, not homework per se, but projects to the junior board, uh, kids that I knew that they could handle that I knew were going to be helpful in the future. I knew you were going to bring up sponsorship calls. Oh, dude, <laughs> that's because you? somebody wasn't very good at them. And now <laughs> look who's hosting a podcast. <laughs> well, yeah, you're right. It was, uh, we've, had, we've had this we, conversation. Before. Yeah, we're not going to get into this, but <laughs> you're the best now. So it's fine. I but at it. the time, was I frustrated? <laughs> you're very frustrated. Rightfully so. 
Yeah. And I think my biggest thing is that I loved working with the junior boards because I knew that I could expect so much out of them when we got to shows. And I just, I always hoped that they felt that respect. There's was a few times that I know that it wasn't felt and I have regrets about the way that some situations were handled, but you know, and took that and moved forward. And, um, I, now I just basically learned that communication is so important. Being able to talk to people when you have problems, uh, to address the situation head on is so, so important. And that is definitely something that, uh, I learned w- during my time with the national swine registry, putting something off tomorrow is not going to make it easier. That's exactly. for sure. Yeah. And, and you talked about making mistakes and then kind of uh, learning from them, but I mean, that comes with anything, especially yeah. at the, at the high stakes that you're working at. I mean, those shows well, are just, so busy and yeah. And you just got to learn that sometimes the hard way, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I look at it now and laugh and think how foolish of me to <laughs> have handled situations a certain way. But now I just try and face my problems head on and uh, be upfront and straightforward. And I mean, I'm 28. I have a long life <laughs> ahead of me and. I'm glad that I, I learned a lot of life lessons while I was at the NSR on how to be a better adult and how to deal with problems. Yeah, and I think that only kind of uh, got you ma- got you ready or made you prepared for your <laughs> next endeavor, Yeah, uh, which was uh, next level. Yep. And um, I, I, I've told you this before, but I couldn't believe it when um, <laughs> Jeff told me that he got you to to come work for or not work for him, but be a part owner and and for next level. And I, I I thought it was awesome to have you come down to Arizona and you seem like you're loving it. Yeah. I mean, I go back and forth about it all the time and I was just, it's funny, you know, we've had this conversation a lot because I, I do, I love my family so much and I, I long to be close to them. And then I go home (laughs) to visit them for a month in the summer to go on family vacation and uh, go to the fair and all sorts of fun stuff. And then get back to Arizona and I'm like, Nope, I love it here. Yeah, (laughs) I love it. Um, but yeah, no, I think Jeff really, he really appealed to me in a few ways. And our biggest thing was when I was at the NSR, it was so easy not to watch any of the show. Ellen loves watching the show and I love how much she loves it because it's such a huge part of her life. Um, and, but I just was always on the go trying to organize something to move forward. And, um, not that Ellen's not doing that, man, can we edit that out? <laughs> no, I, I, can I clarify this really quick? Yeah. Cause you, I mean, you, you grew up in the livestock industry. You, you have a lot of history in it, but it's, it's not your, your main thing that you're interested in when you're at a show trying to yeah. run it. And that, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. Yeah. And I, gosh, I love Ellen. I think she's the best. She's actually helping me with the project right now. So I'm forever grateful for oh, her. Yeah. Ellen, but... Ellen is incredible. <laughs> we're, we're not going to edit that out. And we oh, want to just okay, say fine. right now, Ellen, you are incredible. If you're listening, you're we love yeah. you. Yes, 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 yes. Um, and your kids are so big and I can't even handle it. Yeah, anyway, awesome. so <laughs> moving on. Um, what was I saying? Oh, so I just wasn't ever watching the show and I just started to weigh on me that I always love showmanship. I mean, my biggest thing growing up is I didn't come from a lot of money. We weren't spending a lot of money on livestock. And 
it was always, I, from a very young age, it was always stressed that I had to, I could make my own success. And to do that was to do well in showmanship. And so I just always loved showmanship. I loved competing uh, against my friends. Some of the best memories uh, that I have are (laughs) being in the top drive with some of my best friends that uh, I had grown up with. So I missed that. And the biggest thing that he appealed to was the sense of moving out of Indiana. So we had talked earlier that I wanted to, that I applied to some out of state colleges, but I didn't really pull the trigger then. And so when I was living in Indiana, I, I loved it, but I just had always wanted to know what it was like to live somewhere else. And I think that I had a lot of really great friends that were from out of state that I was like, man, that sounds so, the life you lived was awesome. What can I do to create a life that I love like that? And I just, I never really felt a sense to go back to my hometown. I like going back to visit, but it's just not meant for me. And I love living in Arizona. And so when Jeff was like, you could work from anywhere. I was like, I'll move to Arizona. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) Like immediately I was like, all I needed was a reason to move. Yeah. All I wanted was something to justify this crazy idea that I could move across the country from my family. And I did it. I'm grateful. I I would move anywhere. (laughs) I just, I love to travel. I love experiencing the lives that other people lead. And I just kind of know what's going on out there, man. Well, yeah. And you're just so adventurous. I mean, you're so willing to kind of just be like, yeah, let's do it. Let's, you want to go skydiving? Let's do it. Are you down to go skydiving? Man. So I think about it all the time. If somebody, I think that how I'll have to go is I'll, I will never survive it if I have to think about it, the date that it's approaching. So if you randomly were just one day, like, Hey, like you're dry, you're like, hey, can let's go to dinner? And I'm like, okay. So you just pick me up and instead we go skydiving. Like I can't have any time to think about it okay. or I will chicken out. I mean, I did have like a mild panic panic attack zip lining uh <laughs> in Las Vegas. So like heights aren't <laughs> in necessarily Vegas? my thing. Okay, it was a high deal. All right. Are you talking Down about like Fremont, Fremont Street? Yes. The highest up one. Not the one where you're sitting. The one where you look like you're flying. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's a cool this, one. Yeah. Well, I just thought that I was going <laughs> to unsnap from my harness and fall to my death. Did anybody get I, stuck on that while you were there? No. Uh, no. And if I <laughs> knew that was an option, I would have bailed immediately. I was there for oh. my 21st. Uh, my dad took me and uh, buddies and some family members to for to Vegas for my 21st. And we were when we were on Fremont Street, a guy got stuck in the middle, <gasps> like just oh got my... stuck. So he had to like he had to reach up and start like grabbing the line to just drag himself. Oh, <laughs> that is truly the worst thing I've ever heard. I probably would have like died. <laughs> I uh, I want to go. I I'm gonna go skydiving in the next year. So oh. when I buy my uh, ticket, I'll just buy yours. Can and... we just go indoor skydiving instead? This we don't have to decide right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indoor. I've I've done the indoor skydiving. It's all right. Okay. Well, that oh, man. Okay, my heart's racing thinking about jumping out of a plane. But <laughs> all right. Well, we'll think about it. 
I'm glad that you think I'm adventurous. And then I just completely shot that down <laughs> right away. Yeah. I, I mean, I honestly didn't expect you to just be like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Well, I'm like kind of on the fence about it. It's a whole deal. <laughs> but so you moved to Arizona and start working for next level. Yep. Um, and I mean, you guys are, I, I'm saying this as I don't know any, as, as a person trying to inform our, the listeners, oh. Cool. Um, because I know about Next Level. I've been working for yeah. Next Level since it uh, kind of was created. But you guys travel around the country putting on Hum- showmanship camps. Humble brag, and... by the way. Sweet brag. Okay. It's <laughs> it's actually a flex. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. I'm not hip to the, the youth lingo these days. Yeah, well, you actually get it right. Like, go on Twitter or Instagram at least once and oh, you'll, be, you'll be hip finish, like me. Finish your synopsis of Next Level. I'm just saying... <laughs> Now my train of thought's gone. I'm just saying. I'm so sorry. No, next level, they go around the country putting yep. on showmanship camps. It's very extensive. Yeah. Um, it's a two-day camp. Sure is. Tell me, uh, for the listeners here, I, I mm-hmm. want you to sell next oh. level. <coughs> cool. This, this is your. This is where being a, um, uh, what is it? A, uh, a, I would love a to part owner. Mind. Oh, yes, This yes, is yes. what being a part owner means, okay? Well, you have to sell it. <laughs> I don't like how much you're leading up don't, to this moment. <laughs> don't disappoint me, okay? <laughs> oh, you're so dramatic. I don't know where you get that from. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think that our biggest point that I bring up is it's a hands-on clinic. So we require the kids to bring animals with them. And I grew up going to a lot of showmanship, or I went to showmanship clinics, put some on, uh, as I got older, just one day things. And, you know, I did get th- a lot out of those camps, but I think hands-on is the way to go. So it's a two-day camp, uh, and we have we have the kids bring their animals into the ring, and we have counselors that pair up and uh, adjust kids' styles as they're actually showing. And I think it's so much easier for kids to grasp that concept my, I was always a hands-on learner, and I think that the way that we have our camp structured really sets kids up for success in the show ring. Um, and not only do we prepare them to be in the show ring or how to act when they're out there, you know, we give them tools to succeed, to set them up for success. So, you know, we give them ideas on how they can train their animals at home, uh, how to feed and take care of their livestock, and uh, just honestly, how to be responsible for an animal other than you. So we have a lot of kids that, uh, that come through that are first time showmen and I love it. (laughs) They're so passionate. They are so excited to be there and they are just sponges for knowledge. And so we just, we try to put everything down on paper for people to, to revisit when they get home. Uh, so they have those to draw from. And our biggest thing is I'm always, uh, available to help out. So I have people that send me videos of their kids showing and showmanship all the time that have been through camp that I can say, okay, they did an awesome job. Here are the things that they could work to improve on. Cause our biggest thing that parents always say is nobody wants, kids don't want to hear what their parents have to say. It matters more to them from an outside source. And so I'm always happy uh, to be that outside source for kids. But 
I love it. Two days hands on. We play games. I mean, Jeff doesn't <laughs> want that to be the promotional item, yeah. <laughs> I suppose. I mean, it's intense and we understand that we cover a lot of material. And so, you know, we try and play games with showmanship questions and uh, labeling body part banners and all sorts of fun stuff. So um, I think for as intense and serious as it is, we try and balance it out with uh, fun learning game experiences that we can put on and just have a great time. Yes. I love, we have a great group of counselors. Um, we do both, uh, goat and swine camps. We have a great group of goat people, uh, that come in and help us out. And I, everybody always says, Oh, do you help with the goat section? And I say, I make sure that you're fed and that you have everything that you need, but I don't teach any goat content <laughs> <laughs> and that's for everybody's benefit. So, uh, we rely on a pretty great crew, uh, on the goat side and then the hog side, Jeff and I work in that adult cl in the classroom with the adults. Um, and so do the, the Schultz families. They, they come in, Shannon and Sherry do a great job <clears throat> and, you know, we have a bunch of college kids that come and work with the kids and that they're pretty cool. I, we got a cool group of folks that I'm working with, you yeah, know. Yeah, and I, I just got the uh, calendar the other day mm -hmm. and I'm not on a single oh, camp. That's because somebody, <laughs> don't you dare make me bust you out. Bust you me don't, out. Bust me yeah, out. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. When I asked if it, for any camps that anybody could come to, somebody didn't get me their updated schedule, so they weren't listed on any camps. Mm, hmm. Interesting. Try. That's weird. You're trying to place blame on me on a podcast. This is recorded, and everybody that knows me will know that I am telling the truth, and you're being dramatic. You're a hundred percent right. <laughs> I know, I know I didn't respond. I just wanted to get you riled up. Uh -huh. um, no, <laughs> honestly, the camps are so fun. They are fun. And I, it's like, I, uh, we had a bunch of new counselors this year and the first day or the day we're going on Friday when we're setting up, I'm like, I know that it seems all overwhelming, but I promise I'll keep you on schedule. I'll keep you on track and you'll be surprised at how much of a difference you'll see from Saturday morning to Sunday afternoon. And that I haven't had a single person that <laughs> hasn't said something to me about it. Like they're always shocked at how big of a change they can make. Oh, and it's I love so it. incredible. Like, because I mean, there's such a competitive drive within the kids that are coming to yeah. these camps and within the parents that are coming to these camps, they're traveling many miles and, and spending some money to, to ensure that their kid or, or anybody that they're traveling with is getting the experience that they need. Yeah. But the competitive sure. drive in these kids are is incredible. Yes. And they're so passionate. And I'm so, I mean, I love hearing stories of success. I mean, I get emails daily about it. And I love it when people share that with me. Because it, it, it makes me feel like I'm making a difference. And that's really all uh, I wish for in the world is to... To, to make a difference in, in somebody's life, which sounds so cheesy now that I say it out loud, but tr I truly mean it. <laughs> That's going to be the cold open right there. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> how um, how I, cliche of me. It's, it's going to be nice, though. I think when... Okay, so for those people that don't know, Kaylee and I did a... When I first had this idea to do a podcast, I was like, all right, I need to see if I'd even be good at this, which I wasn't. So, no, you're a liar. So I, Kaylee was my first interview that I did. And I think my cold open with that one 
was oh, um, no. my uncle calls me Betsy Ross. <laughs> and what 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 was the line? What'd oh, you say? Oh my gosh, my <laughs> I hate this. My <laughs> uncle Mike, who shout out Uncle Mike. He shout out. is <laughs> he always says if I was <laughs> If I was any more independent, I'd re-sew the American flag and call myself Betsy Ross. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. I love that. <laughs> I know. And he says it all the time. I love it, too, because he's right. I'm super independent, and I just want to do what I want, <laughs> basically. Yeah. No, and uh, back to next level, it's just... <laughs> It's it's such a great experience. I mean, we can talk on it all day. I mean, the 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 impact that we are able to make on kids showing abilities and like just their overall personality and attitude towards showing. Yeah. It's so uh I mean, you can see it even in the first day. At the at the end of the first day, you're like, "Oh, wow. They're really getting yeah. into it." You're right. And I can I look at it too from another way is cuz um I'm not always necessarily in the show ring. I'm trying uh, helping the kids. I'm, you know, working to get the next thing ready sometimes. So I watch and I can just see how much of a difference the counselors make. And I love it. I love watching kids just want to impress you guys. They want to awesome. impress y'all. Yeah, it's, it's the awesome. Best. And we feed off <laughs> yeah, of each it other. It's so best. great. I haven't been to a camp since. Uh, like our last camp was at the end of June. So I had forgotten how great of a feeling it is. But honestly, that's the on Sunday night. I'm like reveling in how great of a time I had over the weekend and uh, how much fun I had getting to know some of the kids. And I yeah, I just and, I love it. Well, in your incentive, your incentive programs, it seems like you guys are posting on Instagram and Facebook every week about these kids that have just been killing it at their county fairs yes no absolutely crushing it and i had i was home for a month but i'm usually pretty good i place the banner order every week and so i'm about i'm about uh i'm a little behind and so i have two weeks worth of banners just two weeks and i have 45 banners to send wow. out on friday and i that's what i was doing before you called was approving and finalizing that artwork but i love it because then they send us their photos back and we're going to end up doing something really fun with all those photos, but. And it's not, it's not all about the banners kids, but if you go to next level and you do well at your County fair, you'll get another banner on top of the one that you get at your County fair. So yeah, you get like a fun personalized banner. It says your name in the show. So yeah, it's awesome. I love it. Banners aren't everything, but it's important that when you do have success that you're recognized accordingly. Yeah, exactly. Man, that's the best. Uh, you got to get out of here soon, great, don't you? I have a great job. <laughs> you honestly have a great job. and I know. Yeah. But really no. Do. Yeah. Well, if I know your grandma, um, I told her to be here at 430. <laughs> so she's going to be here uh, around four o'clock. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Pretty sure. But, Let's uh, I want to give you one opportunity to just uh, say whatever you want. Plug whatever oh, you want. This oh, is kind of, I give this to everybody kind of. <laughs> I, it's kind of just a little deal I do at the end. Like, hey. Yeah. What do you want to talk about? Well, I, I mean, we talked about history, which would normally be my number one go-to. We talked about my life. I think our biggest thing is respecting the way that other people think and live their lives is always going to be huge with me. And I think that just needs to be our biggest takeaway. And I, I always try and stress that uh, with kids and adults at camp, because I think it's all, so important that we know every 
a lot of things that are going on in our industry. I almost said everything, but it's impossible to know everything that's going on. But sign up for newsletters, read the news, know what's going on in the world. Because if you know what's going on, then you can make the world a better place. And I think that's if we have more people that look at the world that way, then maybe we'll make the difference we're looking for. I think that's an incredible way to end the episode. Thanks. I'm full of cliches today. So if you can dream it, you can do it. Okay. Well, we we were ending it so well, Kaylee. And then you end with that stuff. What are you doing oh, here? Oh, man. I don't know. I'm so ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I'm ridiculous. And I think that uh, a big thing was when I was working for the NSR, I didn't really get to hang around the barn. I didn't get to be myself with a bunch of people because I just always had stuff going on when we were at shows. So I don't think that people know how weird I am <laughs> in reality. And so you're welcome for this. I'm going to tell you right now, Kaylee Bontrager is weird. Ooh, weird, weird, weird. Weirder, weirder, weirder. <laughs> New girl reference. Yes, the best reference. Oh my gosh, I have to say this right now because oh, I'm going to cool. have him on the podcast. <gasps> Wait, who? Um, Jace, Jace Tarbell. Yes. From California. Yeah. Uh, I did a podcast with him. It uh, it was really long and we're going to have to do it over again because my call recorder didn't pick him up like the last oh. 30 minutes. Cool. Sorry, which, Jace. Oh my gosh, I was so upset texting him. I'm like, yeah. I know we just talked for an hour and 45 minutes. Um, but let's do it again. But let's do it again. But he was <laughs> he's a huge fan of New Girl. <gasps> Noted. Yeah. And we talked oh. about it for a little bit. So we're going to have to talk about it on his episode a little bit more. Yeah, because for sure. One of the best uh, uh, <sighs> television shows of all time. Yep. And it's my last recommendation of the episode. But Perfect. 10 out of 10 recommend. <laughs> all right, Kaylee. Um, well, have fun with my grandma tonight at heart. And I you hope you know uh, I will. I hope you uh, get a little wild or something. Yeah. Well, Not too wild. Me- it's my grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks for being you, Cannon. I right. think that you're doing a great job, and I love you, and you know I think the world of you. I love you too, Kaylee. All right. Well, All right, have I'll a talk- great evening. Yeah, I'll talk to you later. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Are you still there? I am. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I told you guys we were best friends in the intro, didn't I? And we really are, guys. I I love that girl. She is incredible. And I had to leave that last part in. Um, I thought that was hilarious because I knew she was still going to be on the phone. Uh, I thought it was funny and I just couldn't edit it out. I hope you guys got a kick out of that. Um, Before I get to my news um, that I have for you guys, the the stuff that I teased in the intro... I want to uh, plug my Instagram at the show pod, uh, Facebook, the show with Cannon Brown. Go like, share, uh, shoot me a message, comment, uh, shoot me a message on people that you think I should interview. I, I, I have no bias towards anyone. So if you think they have a cool story to tell, shoot me their name uh, and I'll try to get their number. If you have their number, shoot me their number. I'll give them a call. Uh, I'm open to everybody. So with that being said, I'll give you the news that I'm super stoked to tell you guys um and i want to give a huge shout out to one of my best friends ever tyler clementson uh i was on the phone with him for like two hours this past week because i i want to be pushing more content to you guys i want to i want to keep doing more uh, for you guys to listen to um because i think there's a there's a real liking that people have for this um kind of long form interview 
but within the ag industry. So I was talking to Tyler and he was like, dude, you just need to do a, a deep dive episode uh, on the on the interview that you did in, in the past. I'm like, that's a that's a great idea. So I want to give credit where credit's due. Tyler, thank you so much. And I've decided to do it. So every Monday from now on, I'm just going to be releasing a standalone episode with just me talking. You don't have to listen to it. It's all right. I won't be offended, but it's just going to be a deep dive on, on kind of my opinions going deeper into the topics that me and my guests talked about in the interview prior to the deep dive. It won't be long, guys. I don't really know a time frame, but it won't be 30 minutes. It'll probably, it'll probably be under that somewhere. Um, so it's not going to take up a bunch of your time, but I just want to, I just want you guys to know kind of my opinion on things, uh, and kind of know why I ask the questions that I do. So, uh, I hope you guys enjoy that. And I'm really, really excited for it. Um, so be on the lookout on Monday, subscribe. So you get a notification, uh, on Monday morning with my voice waking you up for Monday morning shift, school, anything you get to hear me before you get to do it. So, uh, yeah, subscribe and and be ready for it. So I'm really excited and I will talk to you guys on Monday. All right. Love you. Bye.